I don't know. This guy's got pictures of Noof doing something bad with an animal or something. (laughs) It's the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Noof Lockhart and Ryan Gold with your host, Ken Ken. Welcome everybody to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. Uh, I'm Ken. Uh, actually, no, I'm Ken Ken Galdi. There you go. Um, Good job, buddy. Yeah, Good job. That's, that's your Christmas <laughs> present for the year, I guess. Uh, as usual, we have uh, two of Canada's most prominent motocross personalities, the Noof and Galdi. Uh, so this is going to be our last podcast of the year. Uh, so it might be a little bit different. We kind of planned everything out and we got lots of questions to go through from listeners, which is awesome. And just, we're going to look back at 23, look forward to 24, and, and uh, maybe just give our sponsors a little bit of love. Uh, speaking of sponsors, this show is dedicated to all the people that helped us out this year. That's awesome. Uh, we couldn't have done it w- without them, and we couldn't have done it without our listeners, uh, who give the sponsors a reason to uh, support us. So uh, let's just hop into some some discussions here. I want to know, you guys hinted that there was a story about something that happened after the Pulp MX show that you guys did together. Uh, Noof, let's go to you. Why don't you uh, fill us and the listeners in on what happened there? Well, if we if we rewind back to our last pod after the after the Galdi accident in Northern Ontario, which we'll dive into that too, see where he's sitting at on on everything ins- insurance wise and and whatnot. But uh, so if you remember, Ken Galdi wasn't coming to Paul. Yeah, on the Monday. Yeah, for sure. Um, which I totally understood. I mean, it's understandable, and and that was the whole thing. So. I flew down on the Sunday uh, before the show um, and basically hung out by myself because Galdi didn't end up coming on the Sunday um, and Derek Schuster wasn't coming in until the Monday. And our best friend, Steve Mathis, decided that he was taking in his wife to a Raiders game. So I basically showed up to his house and (laughs) sat there four hours by myself um, with not a whole lot to do, except I washed his bike, which was probably Galdi would think was ridiculous of me doing that. But did that so anyways monday came around and um we were getting everything organized steve and i went for an e-bike ride which was kind of kind of fun something i'd never done before and derek showed up and then we went out for lunch and we're sitting at the outback uh enjoying a couple drinks and a nice steak which uh steve thought was outlandish that i was eating a steak and potatoes for lunch um (laughs) because he thought he was paying for the bill so he was mad about that and all of a sudden (laughs) Galdi walks in the outback. I couldn't even believe my eyes. I was like, yeah. what in the hell is going on here? Like, am I having, did I die on this e-bike ride? Did I get bit by a rattlesnake? Did something happen? I thought I was dreaming. So cactus, uh, cactus in my, <laughs> yeah. in my, in my brain. But anyways, yeah, Galdi shows up. Um, and it was on from there. So we finished our lunch, had a couple drinks, went back to Steve's, uh, went in the hot tub. A lot of people probably saw that photo. The three of us in the hot tub. I got a lot of bad comments on that too. DMs on the three of us in the hot tub, by the way. Really? Uh, and then, yeah, we did the show. Um, we all had some drinks. Galdi had quite a few uh, rum and Cokes. And then the plan was, which was I even thought was more crazy. So Galdi was on a red eye. So Galdi flew in that morning, which got him there, well, I guess in the afternoon at noon on the Monday. 
did the show for f- five hours and then yeah. a red eye back home. Like that is insane to fly yeah, all the way Iron across Man the stuff. Country. Yeah. So yeah, well, okay. I thought you were done. Keep going. No, I'm not done. I'm going to tell the story about you not getting home. So, anyways, we do the show. Everything's all good. Galdi's on a Uber, getting the hell out of there. He's going to the airport. His flights at midnight or 11 o'clock or whatever it was. So Derek and I decide we're going to go. Derek's never been down on the strip before, so him and I head down to the strip. We assume Galdi's in the air. Well, Galdi, you can take it from here, but you didn't end up actually leaving Vegas. No, I woke up. Um, uh, well, I got on the plane. And woke up about, I don't know, I passed out instantly after uh, uh, getting on. And then I woke up, I don't know, I think it was about an hour, hour and a half or so. And to the, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've hit a bit of a snag here. Uh, the plane is not going to work and we have to deplane. And I'm just like, what in the F? And <laughs> so they take us off. It's, I, I think it was 12.08, if I remember correctly, it was supposed to leave. So now it's about 1.30, and I, my phone has been let, lighting up from those guys texting me. I, did you make it? Did you make it? And I didn't answer anybody back. And then I ended up finally messaging Steve, and I'm like, I basically was like, F your show, F you, F this town, F everybody, <laughs> F this whole, like, almost like how I ended the show from what I remember. <laughs> and I And then, like, Another half an hour, 40 minutes goes by, and they put us on another plane. So I think I got out of there about 2.30, and then I had to, and then it wasn't even a straight shot. I had to go all the way to Newark, New Jersey, and I missed my my uh, connecting flight back to Toronto. Luckily, oh for some reason, there's a flight every hour out of Newark, New Jersey to Toronto. I don't, I don't really get that, but I guess it must be a hub, obviously. And anyway, so I got on a plane. I ended up getting home about... I think it was around three in the afternoon or something when I should have been home around noon or something like that. So I was about three hours of extra for travel and stuff. I was, I was, um, yeah, it was a hell of a seven days there the, from basically Monday to Monday. Yeah. Um, no kidding. Was, was just this, like, I shouldn't even have gone. Like I, I was an emotional basket case after seeing my old man in the hospital and then dealing yeah. with insurance, 7,500 people. Oh my God. How was it? What happened? What happened? Like, I crashed. End of story. I'm alive. All right, let's get over it kind of thing. And I just, I should have just stayed home. Yeah. I, I had FOMO. I didn't FOMO, want new. Yeah. I didn't, I had the FOMO. As, didn't I learn about that last show, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a couple. couple, couple but yeah. yeah. Uh, so the FOMO set in and I, 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 I wanted to speak on my own behalf of the arena cross series and, and I owed, I had money for Noof and, and uh, it just, it wasn't a good scene. And uh, anyway, so I drank a lot. So, Ken, the, the thing is, so he doesn't get home till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So Derek and I went out to the strip. Like, nothing crazy. Like, we, it was yeah. pretty mellow. Took in the sights and sounds. Really, our night ended before it started because when he got down there, uh, we got dropped off kind of in the middle of the strip from the Uber. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go grab a drink. So we walked into a casino, walked up to a bar. We ordered two double vodka cranberry sevens. Derek's like, oh, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. Don't worry. $73 US. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that kind of was, Derek was like, holy fuck, he paid for it, of course, but I, I think he regretted doing it. So we yeah. walked around a bit and uh, we got back to Steve's house probably about 1.30 because I was on a flight at 6.30 in the morning. So I was back in my office working on Tuesday morning while Galti was still flying. Still and he flying. Left no way. 
the whole night day before. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that's a week. Me, me and travel here in the last uh, yeah. month or so, I've just not been uh, seeing eye to eye. So I, I, I'm, I'm liking my couch. You yeah. had to be thinking like after you passed out on the plane and you're thinking, oh man, I just had a good hour of sleep and you're still sitting on the runway in Vegas. You're probably thinking like, what's next here? Like what's going to happen next? Well, I thought it was home. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I, I woke up to this lady poking me. I'm like, oh, right on now, man, that's awesome. My home, it's you know, or not home, but I had the uh, to my Newark the connector. No, planes broke, and I'm like, we've been sitting here for an. I look at my watch. I'm like, it's been an hour and a half. Like, how did we just figure out that the plane broke now? <laughs> oh man, like what, uh, you ever notice that? Like, I've never really been in too many delays at airports and stuff. I've been pretty fortunate until this one here. But there was a couple times when I did arena cross, yeah. but. It's like pandemonium. They cannot figure it out. They don't know what's going on. The plane is broke. Nobody can fix it. It's the end of the world. We're, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, there's just zero, like, know what's going on out of anybody. Even the, the stewardesses, the pilots, it's just like, throw their hands up in the air, you know, uh, Jesus, take the wheel kind of thing. I, I just, like, I, I never understand that. I'm like, who's working around here? They got thousands of employees and nobody knows how to figure it out, like, I, I go in to get the airport at 2.15 in the morning. I'm like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. There's a guy working on the toilet at 2.15 in the morning. <laughs> guy fixing the urinal. I'm like, hey, bud, how's your job going? Oh, that's pretty – I'm like, yeah, well, you know, at least you're getting it fixed, buddy. Good on you. I was kind of – still kind of hammered, I guess, probably. I had a little <laughs> conversation with this guy while he's fixing a urinal. But um, <laughs> it just – I don't know. Just oddball stuff. But, yeah, me and travel, I'm, I'm not going anywhere for a bit. Yeah, yeah. stay on. Good idea. You're gonna stay in New Lowell for a bit, eh? Yeah, yeah. New Lowell is is a is a nice warm place. Yeah. When did um when did the hangover start sinking in? Uh well, I don't know, about twenty minutes left of the pulp show. Oh, you already hung over. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't actually feel too hungover, actually. I don't know why, but I was just I, I think maybe my anger of everything took over. And, uh, I was yeah. just so flipping mad at everything. Oh my god! Yeah. I just I shouldn't have gone. I should have just stayed home. I should have listened to my old lady, yeah. and, I, and I should have stayed home. But it was a nice surprise. Yeah. Right. Nice um. Uh, anyway, good times, man. Good yeah. times. Okay, let's. Uh, I guess hop into the the scheduled programming we have here. Um, Goldie, maybe get the sponsor reads out first, and then we'll hop into the uh, the questions here. Well, Harry, actually, since that other stuff, we're kind of kind of ripped through it, as you said in the text. Let's, I'll do sort of a quick a quick little love like we did the last couple of shows. And then at the end, I like us that we can all kind of sit and give a big thank you. Because like you yeah. said, Ken, without these guys um, and girls that are a part of the companies that support us, it, it, I mean, we let you knowing us, we probably would have pulled it off and all that kind of stuff. But these they helped us do a lot more this year than uh, than we had planned, whether it was yeah. Ken going to Millville or, or Ken coming to... Go for it. Actually, there's a lot of the Ken dudes. stuff, isn't there, Noof? Yeah. A lot of Ken favoritism yeah. on this pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Although, as Steve said, it's the Ken show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? On the like on the that. Ken show, not, yeah. not the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered. On that Ken pod, right? That yeah. Ken pod. Uh, the KTM Husqvarna Gas Gas Group. Big shout out to them, of course. I'm going to tell some stories at the end here about that. Race Tech, uh, Charlie Johnson for opening up that door. Bristol Coachworks and Callus Moto. 
um, for jumping on board this year on the financial side of things, on the bigger programs. And, and like I said, at the end here, we're going to uh, maybe get a little more storyline of how it came to with those guys. And, and uh, you know, hopefully maybe uh, they're coming back on next year. Everybody seems on board that I've chatted with. So a uh, big shout out to them. But I, I, we'll get through this sort of the questionnaire, the questions and, and uh, what we had sort of on our timeline. And then at the end, I think there's a good way to shout out 2023 with uh, a lot of love for these people. Uh, 2023 rundown. So we're going to do... Best track, worst track, uh, most impressive 250 and 450, most disappointing, biggest story 250, 450, national of the year, and team of the year. So um, I guess I'll just start first. That everybody's here to, to to hear what you guys have to say. So I'll put my opinion out there, and then you guys can either call me an idiot or build on that or whatever. Um, so best track, I would say, uh, from my perspective, watching most of the races from home, I'm going to go from the perspective of people watching from home. I think uh, Deschambeau is the nicest looking track on TV. Lots of good racing, big jumps, things like that. And it just looks like a fun time. Everybody seems to be having a good time there. Uh, so, Noof, why don't you start? And then, Galdi, you can jump in. What's the best track? Uh, best track for me, I'm going to go Kamloops as far as racetrack goes. Weird, eh, Ken? Weird. Yeah, that's surprising. Hey, I'm not. Hey, this is. I don't need to hear from the peanut gallery, buddy. <laughs> okay, Galdi, best track. Uh, oh, I thought Newf was going to elaborate more on his answer, but nope. no, just that's it. Nope, okay. Uh, best track, um, best track for me. Um, you know what? I'm going to go Kamloops too. Uh, just the TV side of it. Again, I, I saw the East ones. We're used to those ones, you know, what it looks like, Deschambault and stuff like that. But Kamloops really offered up just a true, super gnarly, rough, crazy hot, the whole thing that you want at a national. I, I give Kamloops the nod, uh, um, for for our best track unfortunately it does, looks like right now not a part of 2024 but uh i'd say it wins the the 2023 best track on on us awesome okay uh this one should be quick uh worst track <laughs> i'm not even gonna say it i'll let you guys say it yeah all, i mean we all agree on the same yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's pretty safe to say that it's unfortunate and it was round one <laughs> yeah that's way to start the series off that way, yeah. <laughs> you know what track got lucky though and i I don't mean to go off topic here, but Cal- Cal- we got lucky in Calgary with that rain that came in at the end of the day because mm-hmm. it was shaping up to be uh, not great with Ugly. the weather, the wind, and stuff like that. So yeah, Edmonton for sure. Yeah, Edmonton. Uh, okay, most impressive two fifty rider. I went with Sam Gainer. Uh, four rounds out of eight in the top ten, uh, which is impressive considering I don't he didn't really plan on racing till till. Uh, just before the season, and then obviously he uh, kind of dominated the premix. Uh, Galdi, you go first. Most impressive. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's. I mean, you shouldn't pick the champion, but I think it was Ryder McNabb. He was just so in control every time on the track. Rarely making mistakes. Always in good position. Got the starts thing figured out. Um, on a brand new bike. I mean, from top to bottom, it was an impressive, uh, yep. you know, yep. championship run to back it up. Okay, Noof. Uh, same. I, I like. I was gonna say that pretty much the same thing as Goldie. I don't hate to go with the championship guy, but he came out swinging and four overalls in a row, starting at round two. Um, kind of secured that championship for him right off the off the get go. I mean, he was for a young kid coming in to defend a championship it's one thing to win one it's another thing to defend on a new bike new team uh especially coming in at not 100 percent. i think that by far he was the most impressive okay most impressive 450 rider um i think we all know who who did the most winning um but 
really, when you think about Dylan's year, he, I don't want to say he took a step back because he won the championship and won every overall, but coming off of a, a season where you win every moto, I wanted to go with Dylan because it was such a, another good year, but I decided to go a different direction. I went um, kind of the same as Sam Gaynor, but uh, Daniel Elmore. So he got a podium, which is amazing for him. That's awesome. Uh, three top fives, every race in the top eight, and then he came out in, in uh, arena cross and put it in the top 10 in every race, 10, 9, 7. He went in the last three, so uh, that's where I'm at. Um, Galdi, kicker off for 450, most impressive. Man, you got a, you got a good argument there, Ken. Um, Elmer was impressive this year. That podium is super yeah. cool mm-hmm. that he was able to get that on the Steve Sims team and, you know, the whole storyline behind it. I, I, I mean, I think the only other nod, like you said, obviously Dylan Wright winning everything, but um, you, you got to be, I guess I'm, I don't know if impressed is the right word, but I'm very happy, impressed I think is wrong, I'm very happy Jess Pettis finished every moto, yeah. healthy, happy, and I think, going into this year should be another another step in that better direction to keep it even tighter to Dylan. He beat him a couple of times too. Yep, and yep. so Jess Pettis as well kind of given up. But yeah, Elmore I think is get on top for sure. What do you think? Pettis who Pettis is who I was gonna go with for the pure fact that he needed that season and it was impressive to me that he was able to be there every weekend. And he got better like watching him live ken which you didn't get to see obviously all the time but watching yeah. him live he did close those gaps in certain areas not all the time but he did improve on everything um so i'll go pettis too with a nod of tyler gibbs was also uh somebody that he did have some impressive rides led some motos led a couple laps here and there uh good starts maybe not super strong finishes but um he was kind of pretty solid through the whole year so Okay, disappointing 250 rider. I don't know if I, maybe we should have picked a better word than disappointing, but it's not a disappointing rider, but certain riders had disappointing seasons and and not even full seasons. Uh, But for 250, I went with Tanner Ward just because that's, I guarantee you that's not what he had in mind when he decided to to take that deal. Um, But then he kind of made up for it when he hopped up to 450. So, Uh, Noof, why don't you start out disappointing 250 ride or rider? Uh, Piccolo for me, um, for the pure fact that, you know, the injury, uh, the recovery, the comeback, the whole thing was a bit of a wash, right? Not saying that it was all his fault, but, uh, just not, we wanted to see him in the mix and we never got to see that. So that was disappointing in my eyes. Uh, look at this first time so far, we're going to do about three different people. I'm going with Racine. Um, after coming off that KTM team, lots of podiums, whole shots, leading laps, nearly winning that moto at Sandalee the prior year. And I don't even know, did he even lead a lap this year? I don't think think he led one lap this year, right? And he only got that one podium, uh, in the one moto at, um, at, uh, well, no, sorry. I think he got a podium at Gopher Dunes in a moto too, right? Fourth overall. But anyway, I just, I, I mean, again, like you said, Ken, disappointing is that is a tough word. It's not like he's should just give up and never race again and his his uh should just quit but um i just i thought we were going to see a little bit more and I, I believe we did that on the pre preseason show giving him a little bit more love yeah. with the whole mx 101 squad so uh he gets my vote uh okay disappointing 450 rider i went with uh the truth's train but i want to i want to kind of put some context in that. I was really impressed with him at the start. It was just that I expected when he went to go for dunes and then into Sandalee that 
because he grew up right near Lommel. I thought he would have two really good races there and then carry that out through the year and just finish the year off super strong. And that's just not what happened. He he didn't have bad races at Gopher Dune uh, or Sandali, but um, they were about right where he was in the rounds coming up to it. And then he kind of tapered off at the end of the year. So, um, Galdi, what do you what do you think? Four fifties. Man, this one's a little harder for me. I feel like there isn't anybody that yeah was way back compared to where they should be. Um, you know, I, I I guess a little bit of a disappointment is that we didn't see. Um, although he got hurt right at, at, well, it was going well at, at Gopher Dunes was that Sean Moffenbauer couldn't carry that same steam mm-hmm. from the West into the East. Although I guess he was until he crashed at Gopher. So maybe that's not a good pick because, man, I felt like he was going to win a moto this year. Um, just especially after what we saw at the Kamloops deal, him and Madags and, uh, I guess Mackay, he was a factory guy going in and, and he just, uh, wasn't able to put anything together. Noof. Um, well, if Andy Trutz is listening to this, which I know he does, uh, DM me and I'll send you Ken's address. <laughs> I love Trutz. He's awesome. Yeah. Hope you follow Trutz on Instagram, but he's a big time, uh, 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 workout guy. I forget what you call that. Um, anyways, but yeah, he'll come and kick your ass, Ken. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I was going to say, and like I said, the, the disappointing word is, is hard, but I'm going to go with the Moffenbeier season just because for the pure fact that he, he came out. You know, he was really, he was good at Edmonton, was really good at Kamloops, obviously. He probably should have won a moto there. Um, and he probably should have won that first moto at Gopher, I think. Um, I mean, he was so far out in front and then ended up crashing his brains out. And then really, we never saw the same Moff again. And by the sounds of it, obviously, he retired, so we'll never see him again. So, unfortunately, he goes out in my eyes that it was a disappointing season overall for him. Um but uh, with the potential for something to be, you know, he could have been in that, you know, second, third place battle with those guys if it wasn't for those cra- that crash. Yeah. Okay. Uh, biggest story in the 250s. I went with, uh, I guess, two parts to this. Kevin Benoit uh, was going to be on a two-stroke, and then that kind of fell apart. Early on in the season, the, the two-stroke was all the talk, or before the season, I should say. That's all anybody was talking about was was uh, riding the two-stroke, and then that fell apart. But then he came in on a 250F and kind of blew my mind. He was obviously in really good shape and was right up there uh, for most of the series. Um, Galdi, what do you think? I, I Either the, the story of the old guy coming back or the story of how the season started for Mitchell Harrison were the two big storylines in yeah. 250 class, I think. But I, I like where you're headed there, Ken. The Kevin Benoit move and the two-stroke and the whole craziness – throughout the off season that we, we talked a lot about. Um, it it kind of had a bit of a, a quiet ending, um, right? 16, four, four to end the year after that big crash. But um, yeah, either the, the super unbelievable crappy start of Harrison or the very cool comeback of Kevin Benoit. Um, and again, we're going to do a preseason before the next year, but you got to be putting him almost the number one guy coming in at 2024. I think so. Yeah. Noof, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with the whole class in general, um, for being the, being that, like kind of how it all planned out. I mean, coming into the pod or coming into the season on all our pods, we were talking about, man, like this is going to be just crazy competitive. There's going to be so many different winners. Uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to come down to the wire for the last round. And it really didn't play out that way. One with Bogle dropping out of the class, Piccolo getting hurt, um, racing, really not getting the speed that we all thought he would have. Um, you know, it didn't 
I guess for me, it didn't produce the same quality. I mean, it was still really good. And it, we did have four different overall winners in the class, but we just didn't have that. You know, I thought we'd see motos where, you know, McNabb would win one and then he'd be seventh in the next moto because he didn't get the start. Like, and everybody else was so good. Like, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Have, it, it had way more separation than I ever th- thought that I was going to see with the names that we had listed coming into the season. Okay. Uh, same question for fifties. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the obvious one. Uh, Mackay, uh, Jeremy Mackay and his dad and Brett Lee getting into, uh, I don't know what to call it, a rumble in the, in the pits. Um, uh, and then he got fired and then Gibbs was in, um, that's the easy one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if both of you guys took the same one, but I'm sure there's some other good stuff out there for you guys to get into. So what do you think, Noof? Uh, yeah, well, that is a big one, but I'll be different. I'll go with the feel-good story of Lars Dan Burkle. Yes, um, that's a good one. Yeah, Obviously, I'm a little bit biased to that one, but regardless, even if I wasn't involved in it, it's still a cool story that it, how, he, how it came about, did the drives throughout the night, from a simple phone call with Steve Mathis to me to dig uh, back to Lars and then ends up staying and didn't want to go home. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, and fit right in like more than anybody could imagine. The kid, the guy was just like a family at the end of it to everybody. And that was a, a, a cool story. Um, maybe not the biggest story. Cause obviously the, 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 um, uh, Mackay one was was obviously the dr- dramatic one, but uh, feel good story and 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 good one for me, Dan Burkle. Uh, I'll just be a little bit different. I um, the feel good sort of cool, and it was more towards the end. I just I liked what I saw out of Julian Benick at the end of the year, driving by himself, him and his dad living in that fun mover that looks like it's been going through the war, um, and this. Being like a literally true privateering it on the team PRMX, yeah, but kind of privateering it sort of thing. And and then now the question kind of where he's going in 2024, he's gonna be doing supercross. I mean, obviously the Lars Van Burkle thing is great news, and and uh the Mackay thing was pretty dramatic and and whatnot. But I just like the way uh, the Julian Bennett gear went and and I like the kid and the story that kind of came out of 2023. Yeah, I like that too. That was that was really impressive at the end of the year. Uh okay, best national of the year. Um I'm going to go with Calgary just be for, for selfish reasons. I went to that race and it was awesome. It was, uh, I've never been to that track before and how close the hotel was, uh, the VIP that, that, uh, Galdi hooked me up with. That was pretty awesome. Um, so I guess here's a good time before you guys hop in and say what your, uh, best national of the year was. This was mentioned on the pulp show by Dean Wilson last week. I guess wild rose is having some issues with, I don't know what to call it zoning or, or just with the city, they want to put build a road through the track, and you know cities tend to do what cities want to do. So uh, there's a petition out there. Uh, if you go to change.org and just search Wild Rose or WRMA, it'll pop up. Um, everybody should probably hop in there and, and throw their name on there. Just got to punch your name, your email address, uh, and then your postal code, I believe, just to prove that you kind of live close by. If you don't have a postal code that's co- close by, I don't think you have to live in Calgary. It could be anywhere in Canada. So. One thing that they noticed or they mentioned on the website is, it, and I, I did this this morning, they start asking you for donations as soon as you sign up to it. That is not the WRMA that's getting the donation. That's the website that they're using to do the petition. So just be careful. If you want to donate to them, they say they use it to, to get awareness out and, and push all these different uh, petitions around. 
I don't imagine that's a very good way to donate money. There are probably better ways you could figure out on your own. <laughs> yeah, actually, let me let me cut you off right there, okay. Ken, because the better website is actually so that I, I've done some homework on this. I've made the I've talked okay. to the WRMA about it, and because uh, I knew we'd probably bring this up, and it's obviously a, a bit of a spot right now. Um, it's certain it's nothing that's happening instantly. Okay. okay. This is obviously a township that, or, or a town rule or a city ordinance. They're, right now, it was what they're doing is reaching out to the community of Calgary to see about building a uh, a bus. Um, uh, Switching to all electric buses, aren't they, Galdi? Yes, they want to. They yeah, want to build a better a better transit system. And basically, if you look on the map, uh, Ken, it's literally going to go. Um, I can't. Did you go to that thing on the Friday night with this, Ken, or did you only show up to the national? Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't go to the Friday night. No, I got there Saturday. Okay. So we're new fewer there where the Blackfoot direct and where the BMX track is. And then that top track, almost right where the entrance is at the top of the hill. That's where this bus train thing that they want to build is looking to go through. There's a map on there, but don't even go to that change.org. Okay. Engage.calgary.ca 50 Ave, uh, Southeast. So if you go on that link, uh, the best way to find it is on the WRMA Instagram or even Charlie Johnston, who is a big supporter of ours. If you go on there, it tells you what they're doing, the phases, the timeline, kind of the, uh, and then you go on there and you actually fill out a survey instead of, so a change.org is just a, uh, a way to get signatures. It doesn't really, it's not going to the direct hands okay. of the people that um, are uh, putting up this idea for the city. Like that, like if you ever notice, like people, like if you have a problem in your community, I go to change it or go, hey, I got all these signatures. It's not really going straight to uh, the people that might read it. You have to take that link and then go into the offices or whatever it is. So um, a better way to uh, to engage this idea or share the reasoning why it doesn't work here or there is to go to engage.calgary.ca. Uh, we can put it up maybe on our link tree, Ken, afterward okay. uh, for us. But anyway, yeah. the other thing is, is that, if this actually goes through, it's not going to go where the track is. So, but after talking to the WRMA, it could possibly change all of that because they might need, maybe it's going to be a stop on the transit and they need parking. And because right now the Calgary Wild Rose Park, it's on leased land, right? They don't own the land. It's on a leased property. So the owner of the land could just be like, yeah, whatever, you know, the, the City's going to give me $10 million. Like, it's pretty stupid for me not to take it. Yeah. I thought the city owns it, though, Galdi, that land. No. Well, yeah, it's a city-owned. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm not too sure who makes the call on it, but there's some guy that would be like, well, hey, this, is, yeah. this isn't this is making us enough money. This is going to make money. That's what usually it comes down to on this stuff. But yeah. anyway, it could potentially get this done and still have the track. Yeah. So you can actually go onto this engage thing and actually pick – they're like, hey, what kind of structure, if this does happen, could we pick? So you could actually pick like a bridge system where this train or bus goes over on a, a bridge and we could drive under the bridge into the track. Okay. And basically almost nothing would change unless, of course, it became an area where it was going to have like a stop. But I, I can't imagine it having a stop there. It's in an industrial area, right? Mm -hmm. It would be more of a passing through. But anyway, <clears throat> long story short there. Engage.calgary.ca 5050Ave Southeast SE is the link. Um, and like I said, we can put it up on our link tree and share it again. But yep. um, just go on to Wild Roses Instagram and it's right there. And um, you can go on. It's like a survey right now. And um, there's nothing happening for 2024, but uh, it's something that the city of Calgary is looking into. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Noof, just hop in and, and uh, 
this is a little bit like best track of the year, but I guess more more generalized with the whole experience. What's the best national of the year? Uh, I got two. I'll go uh, Moncton and uh, Deschambeau for the pure fact that both of those feel like, I guess, if you're going to compare our series to U.S. national series, they get the most fans, in my opinion, and the most engaged and just it just has a different vibe. Those two races. Um, it's the Quebec one, especially, man, like it there's people everywhere drinking beer yelling hollering everything right so it's uh i go with those two just for the pure vibe of it that you feel like you're at a big event um i'll go 100 percent agreement so i was gonna go moncton as mine and uh just like you said if the whole atmosphere yeah. everybody goes to that race no matter you know everybody that's a part of the industry that's out there they all go they all support it big amateur turnout and and uh super fun vibes and food is great just the atmosphere the whole ordeal so moncton uh, wins that for me okay last one here uh team of the year so i'm gonna go ktm canada uh for the very simple fact that they got the 250 title and jess pettis kind of had a bit of a resurgence and really pushed dylan this year so goldie what do you think oh team of the year um ah i don't know if i can answer this one Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you go? Why don't you go then, Nuf? Because I feel like I'm. I don't know where. I don't know which way to go. I can't. I mean, I mean you guys know I'm going to say GDR. So, but Nuf, why don't you do privateer team of the year? Well, like, I was going to say I'm going to give a huge props to Manluck for the pure fact that they facilitated. I feel like 15 riders under there. Yeah, it's a lot. Gave a lot of people opportunity, and if one guy got hurt, they brought in their buddy to fill in, and if he got hurt, they brought in somebody else and pat the team managers riding the amateur days and somehow still running the team and man there was a lot of moving pieces under there so i give the give my nod to man luck that's a good nod um i i was uh i actually i'm gonna go uh the mx 101 crew i just every time you go over there Except maybe the Moncton round, right? There was a bit of a negative vibe over there at the Moncton round. Just and it, that was the 50th anniversary. There's a couple of mechanics beefing, but other than that, it's just like it's always smiley and happy and welcoming. And uh, so I'll, I'll give the MX 101 guys the nod this year. So we'll just do a few quick questions about looking forward into 2024. Obviously, we're going to do preview shows and all that kind of stuff that'll talk about specific riders and everything. But Lethbridge, I guess, is in, and then Pilot Mound is back after a year off. Uh, I guess. In regards to both of those, and I won't give my opinion. I think you guys are, are way better situated to, to give good opinions here. So you guys can just go ahead. But how does everybody in the industry feel about those two rounds? Lethbridge coming in and then Pilot Mound coming back. I think Lethbridge, I think, is okay. It's uh, The town is about, what was it, Newf, 20 minutes-ish to the track 20. break? From, yeah, yeah 20 minutes. 20. So there's lots of restaurants, lots of hotels. It's a pretty active town. Um, they, they were... Um, uh, it's very. It's got a good uh, university, college, uh, lots of hockey, all that kind of stuff. It's a sports oriented, uh, sports orientated town, orientated town. Sorry, um, the track itself is really good. I haven't been there well, probably since the last time we were both there, Noof. Um, actually, oh, 04. I went there. I went there for their last, the last year that it was CMRC WCAN. I don't know. Was that like fourteen or fifteen? Maybe? Oh, okay, you, you're. I, mine was oh four. Last time I was there was oh four. I'll be so. honest with you. I don't. I didn't think the track was that great. <laughs> well, in the nineties, okay. it was really good, and then it kind of didn't get as good. And no. sorry, when we first started going there, it wasn't great, and then it got really good. 
And then, like you said, I, the last year I was there was 04. It was good. So it's depending on who's doing the tracking or yeah, the grooming sure. and all that stuff. Um, but it's um, lots of pit area, which is cool. Lots of Gopher land. Gopher holes everywhere. Fucking break your ankles, man. That's really? Yes, that's true. The one sort of positive I really like about this is uh, I really like the um, – I, I, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say, Noof, not one – not even one of the racers currently on any team will have ever ridden this track. Uh, I would say that you're probably yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. So right. it's brand new on every front like that. I think that's kind of got a cool, got to have a bit of a cool vibe to it. You would have had like Pettis and those Pettis probably would have rode a W can back in the day. Yeah, true. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, but he would be, I'm just looking at the guy's names. Yeah. Moff would have rode it, but nobody else. Uh, if Todd Minnie makes a comeback, he he, he, <laughs> he would have had he'll have the uh, track advantage. <laughs> yeah, he was wasn't he? Uh, um, did he win the? No, what was it back then? The oh, bronze boot. Bronze was boot. A, wasn't he a bronze boot guy back yeah. then? Well, I think that was. Remember this was is he, a name that I even remember this. Remember Franzi Churchenthaler or something? Oh like yeah, that? a KTM kid. Weird that I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> he was an island guy, wasn't he? I have no idea. I think I he was know. from the island. Five, five oh one. No, what was it? Five something. I feel. <laughs> anyway, our um, weirdo stuff coming. And out. I'll throw it to new. If you got more info on the Pilot Mound one, I know from everything that I heard about it, track's amazing, windy as hell, yeah. um, and yeah. super far away from hotels, restaurants, airports, the whole deal. Yeah, well, to, to back up a little bit further on that, I'm all for Lethbridge. I, I think that you know it's a it's a great new track to go to um logistic wise and stuff with not coming into bc but to touch on the bc situation a little bit more um i did listen on a podcast uh a new podcast this week of um of some guys talking and you can, they you were can saying, say who it is yeah i forget the name oh off, off the, the gate. gate off the gate yeah with uh, dylan wright tanner ward and dario zeka they were saying um Kamloops is not on the schedule because they're moving the track the track's being shut down and they're moving it well I'm probably the one that started that rumor, so I'll take the heat for that. <laughs> um, that was talked about, a message was sent to me way back in July about that, and I started sharing that with the other teams and team managers and the Triple Crown guys. That is completely off the table now. That track is there uh, to stay for the time being. Who knows how long that is? I don't know. But there was other issues behind the behind the scenes going on, um, why we weren't going to Kamloops. Um to start with now could those have been worked out yes no maybe who knows um but definitely the rumor of the track being moved was one of the reasons why um they probably looked uh elsewhere for it and to be quite honest with you i i mean not to be biased but bc should have a national for the pure fact that are you know on the amateur side that we're probably third in line to ontario and quebec as far as amateur entries go in support of mrc and everything like that but there's no other facilities here that can can do it. Pop comes off the table. That's not never happening. The only other place that we could do it at is Nanaimo. And nobody's going to Nanaimo anymore with the cost of things and the ferries and everything like that. So yeah. um, it's a huge bummer. It sucks. But um, I think that the two tracks in Alberta, uh, Calgary and, and Lethbridge are the two, you know, make sense. Um, and then go back to Pilot Mound. I mean, honestly, I rode the track. I went to it um it was hotter than hell it was windier than hell but the track was really awesome and 
that's Manitoba for you though. We could have gone to, we could have four rounds in Manitoba that have banger tracks. Right. I mean, yeah. The, the only issue is like Galdi had touched on it's two and a half hours from Winnipeg. Um, and it is a solid hour from a hotel like to a, a, a normal hotel. Yeah, yeah. There's bed breakfast and, and other yeah. stuff like that, but restaurants, grocery stores, uh, gas stations, everything like that. It's an hour. It sucks kind of, but, um, it was a really, really good track and made like for TV, green grass, typical black dirt, uh, yeah. trees, manicured trees, big jumps, like everything like that was awesome. And I think they owed it to, I've, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, but I think they owed it to him to go back there because it wasn't, the, the weather really put, it was so hot. I've never been to a race that hot before. Ken that knows, I Ken yeah. knows. Yeah, I got heat stroke. Oh yeah, that's right. Ken does know. I forgot. Once again, I forgot Ken was even there. But uh, Ken, there's no way that people wanted to stand out there in that heat, right? No. We did it. It's right. But there was nowhere to get away from the sun either, which was rough. No. And then the wind kind of tricked you because you're sweating. It tricked you into thinking you weren't as hot as you were. Kyle, so you Kyle, something new. Kyle, Kyle McCannell. That's Kyle it. McCannell. Yeah. So I think they owed it to him to go back because honestly, the even with how it was 40 degrees and, and blistering heat, the, the spectator turnout was still okay. If yeah, I remember correctly, it, it was okay yeah. for what it was. So I wonder why, like, you know, new, if we've raced in several places now in Manitoba, but like what's gone with the Mord and that would have the option. That's where you guys stay. Well, that's where we stay. We drive right by the track. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder why Morden isn't, overstepping that one maybe that yeah, was i mean there's there's more than there's grunthal there's the McNabb track like there's there's uh, there's that one right on the side of the highway the the uh trans canada motorsports track. yeah um there's and man they're all good tracks i'm not i mean galdi you know as well as i do it boils down to relationships and money right or what yeah the, yeah what the, what the deals are behind the scenes so i mean i get it that's business at the end of the day it's got to make sense for everybody involved but you know cam loops was an awesome and i gave that answer as my first one is best track because i do think that it is one of the best national tracks on the series it's two and a half you know two minute 20 second lap time it's rough it's gnarly it's rutted um it produces good racing but once again it's 45 minutes out of town it sucks the spec if it wasn't for our west can goldie being held there the spectator turnout be super low, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's kind yeah. of hard to get there. Like even from the mainland down here, you know, it's a three-hour drive to the track. Nobody's coming. But I mean, some people are, but you're not drawing the crowds, and that's the same thing with Manitoba. You're not drawing the crowds. I guess the benefit with Manitoba is is that people will drive because there's nothing else. There's no other you know, big races there, right? You're yeah. taking the three or four days. All right, that's the plan yeah. for this one, yeah. Yeah, let's load up the camper and let's go do it. And people do that for Kamloops too, right? So, but um, yeah, I mean, it it makes, uh, I like I said, I think they owed McCannell one just for the pure fact that we didn't go there last year um, and hopefully for some better, better weather. But that's the thing with Manitoba. It's going to be, it, 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 the chances of it being a mutter or scorching hot and windy are better than it being perfect. Yeah, for yeah, sure. that, yeah. That time of year, right? So yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. I'll kind of just summarize this. What I sent to you guys. Uh, so with losing the two gas gas teams and man luck is just rumors at this point, right? Uh, so with three teams that might not be around, or two that for sure won't, and maybe three. Uh, how does the series? take on these riders who are going to be looking for those rides. What, what do you, what do you guys see happening? Uh, Galdi, start with you. 
Um, well, I mean, um, I, I don't see anything good uh, out yeah. of it. It's really, there's really not any positive twist on it. Um, I know we talked a little bit on our last show, even a little bit on Pulp, and we've talked in our inner circles about the Thor Gas Gas Racing Team, and I actually chatted with Alex Parker um, uh, this morning, a little bit last night, and a little bit this morning, and I, I went right at it. I'm like, hey, man, how much money do you owe? Have you screwed over all these people? Um, is this what's going on? How did it get so sour? Blah, 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 blah. And he was very open and honest with me. Actually, to me, I, you know what, guys, I always pride myself on just getting the answers. And I never really hit him back after I heard all these things. And there's always two sides of every story, this and that. And, and, um, what he shared was, you know, it, uh, he was, he had been waiting for some money and, and, uh, just waiting for sponsorships and stuff like that. And everything's coming in and everybody will get taken care of. And he is, um, uh, a bit apologetic, if you will, but I'll leave that in his court. I believe that maybe a statement's going to come out on their side of things. So it's a shame uh, how that how that kind of seemed like an edit. And now, you know, Tyler's been picked up. It looks like Harrison will stick with the PRMX team if they come to Canada. Um, uh, so and then Eve uh, Brodeur there on the women's side, which is pretty wild because she's the only race that's sponsored by any sort of team, really, I guess, other than Malia Garant and the PRMX side of things. Uh, and Avery Berry, sorry. Um, and then as far as Sims goes, it it just came down to cost. And I got respect for that. I got respect for the fact that he didn't just want to do it to be part of the cool gang and, yeah. you know, run a team and just sink his his bank account, man. Like, he was getting good support from TLD and Gas Gas and uh, Sunoco, Pirelli were big sponsors of his. And they were doing a great job, and they got a podium this year. And Sam Gaynor won the championship back to back in the in the premix. And um, it's it, you know the the idea of it all is amazing. And I truly believe that all the teams should be getting more structured in that direction if we are to stay afloat across the board, or we are going to keep continuing having problems trying to find rides. But as you just referred to, Ken, now what does Daniel Elmore do? What does Sam Gaynor do? Um, the KTM group is now invested more into their main team with Natsuki, Benoit, and Pettis. What happens with, you know, Al Dick's team? Uh, that's Blake Davies, Tanner Scott. Um, is there gas, gas support maybe going somewhere else? Uh, so a lot of questions there, Noof. And, and it's not a good look, no matter what positive or tug on your heartstrings uh, thing you want to see. It's, it's a shitty look right now of having stuff like that go. Yeah, well, I I mean, yeah, the biggest thing, and would you hit the nail on the head, there's nothing good that comes out of this. I'm just looking at the 450 class right now from the results from this year. We had uh, 10, 11, 12. So we had 12 riders out of eight rounds do all eight rounds. So 12 guys did all eight rounds. Um, that's not good, man. And, like, now, like like you said about Elmore, like, I have a feeling he'll probably dig deep and do it out of his truck because he's passionate about it and he loves it. And I uh, I heard that Gainer, you know, he's going to do East Coast rounds and whatnot. But I know there's an argument to this, Galdi, and, and we could sit here for an hour and talk about it or longer. And I'm sure if the Triple Crown guys listen to this, that there could be a 10-hour conversation about it. But right now is the time to take the chance and go back to East and West. I don't yeah be any other way to do it yeah um there's gonna be negatives to it don't get me wrong like i know there's negatives to it it's gonna affect some teams it's gonna affect some people's budgets it's gonna affect some rider salaries it's gonna affect some mechanic salaries the list goes on and on but i think the positives that comes out of it is that we see 
more riders at the track and the guys you know i look at you use devin smith as an example like you know they're going to do the whole series anyways but man they'd sure love to just do the west you know what i mean and there's tons of guys like him like you know you look at a guy uh who just actually who 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 quit uh marcus ducey right like yeah he's out i bet he'd still be in if he only had to commit to manitoba saskatchewan you know the the west coast rounds um and that goes the same you know i'll use brett young a a maritime kid he'd do the whole east coast series if there was one you know type of thing yeah um but he goes up moncton and deschambeau he doesn't go to any of the other ones so i think now is the time when we got only 10 to 12 guys doing the whole series in both classes now's the time to take a chance it's not going to be any worse no and one of the positives for me is is then it gets back to you know, Galdi, back in our, our, I hate saying our day because we're it really wasn't that long ago, but it is actually that long ago where, you know, Ryan Gauld, he's he, he's coming out west to get warmed up and riding the 450 on the west coast. And then when he comes back east, he's chasing the championship um, on the east coast. Or if if the 450 guy gets hurt, we move the two. It, it's actually there is some benefit to the teams, right? Because you're you got kind of backup guys on 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 separate coasts if the 450 guy gets hurt or the 250 guy gets hurt right so um you can still be a gdr and 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 field a three three rider team or a, a ktm and field a three rider team you have it all covered right so um i just think from the privateer standpoint they get numbers on the gate uh riders heads on the gates you need to go back to east and west I couldn't agree and more. Sims, We've said it before. Have, so. And Sims probably would have kept going forward if he could have done an East Coast team. I, I take Alex out of it because obviously I, I don't know the full situation, but you know the Manlucks. I guarantee one hundred percent in. If you call up Frank Manluck right now and said, "Hey, uh, we're doing West Coast," I bet he'd do four guys on the West Coast. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's four four rides right there, probably or more. <laughs> We got to stop butchering Frank's last name. It's not Manluck at all. <laughs> I know. It, I know it's not, but I call him Frank Manluck. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I do. Too. <laughs> it's just easier. It's as last yeah. Le, Le, uh, call him Frank Lebowski. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I knew, you know, great point. Again, we don't need to beat the dead horse. This is no. stuff we'll be talking about. And, and I myself have some meetings coming up regarding the ammo stuff. And, and the, I've, I've preached this uh, already in the last couple of weeks here. I think the time is now. Uh, like you said, it, it, there's no way it can get any worse. And it's not that it's horrible, but there's no way it's going to go backwards. Okay, so the only, the negatives that I see coming out of it is from the teams, the, the teams that are currently involved, right? Like the GDRs, they're the only ones that are going to put, put up a stink on it, mostly, right? Because essentially they got to have more riders. Like if we're only running a two-man team on GDR, we got to hire another guy. Well, you could, yes, but then you're also say you're you hire T Dags, right? And a T Dags is a national caliber rider. You want them going coast yeah. to coast, correct? Yeah. So it'd be some not a waste, but a bit of a waste just to have them on the east. Well, and he wouldn't be making as much money if we only had him on the east, too, right? So like, my my answer to that is do exactly what they're doing in the WMX. Allow a racer on a major team or any of the teams that they wanted, they can ride both coasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could potentially become two champions, if you yeah. will. Yes, it sounds crazy and a bit stupid, but why not? Like why are those, the same with the Calvin Benoit of the world or the Sebastian Racine. And yeah. then <clears throat> the t- those teams could decide, okay, well, hey, maybe we'll help out 
a local kid for the East yeah. and the, the, whatever. We'll try to find a shop or whatever. But then what you're talking about, the positive news, I believe, would be the Maple Ridge, mm-hmm. Troy Smith. Now he doesn't have to go at West. Well, hey, you know what? Hey, Julian Bennett, why don't you come ride, from, come ride from Maple Ridge? Or hey, Tyler Gibbs. Or hey, Travis Gibbs. Yeah, I got an extra couple of cowies here. Let's stay east. We'll have a nice team together. We'll have some barbecues. We'll stay on the coast. We can now have some weekends off. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I really think that you could see some development. Yeah. And it's been there. The The picture has been painted before. And I, I like it you worked. said, Newf, I, I don't see why it couldn't work again. Well, it worked. And and yeah, you're right. You're you're 100% right. Yeah. A, a, a team like Troy at Maple Ridge, you know, yeah, he he brings another guy with him. So not only does it help on that side of things, call it semi-privateer. Um, so it helps there. That puts more people on the gates. And your privateer guys, your local racer pro guys that we all get, you know, Galdi, you get, you know, 15 to 20 guys out that, you know, only two of them do nationals. The rest of the guys just race locally. Maybe they'll chase that series that you don't see them at. You just don't see them on the line at a national. So I, I think the positives outweigh the negatives for sure. I'm sure that sitting down and writing it down, there probably is a few negatives, but I don't really see that many. Yeah. Um, Renegade Fuel, races that win, pour it in. Uh, Blake Hall over at Hall Race Fuel out here in Ontario, passionate about racing with the roots to prove it. Um, he's become a big supporter of ours, a big supporter of AMO, a big supporter of myself, uh, and I truly appreciate him jumping on board. Um, he actually is the one that put the money up this year to help be part of our, our show and stuff. So, uh, but also, you know, put the, the renegade logo on there and, and, um, and so super cool of Blake to do that, man. And, and for those that have ever met him that listen to this, he's, uh, definitely one of the good guys in the industry, very honest, very open, got a military background, which is, you know, the integrity is high, uh, over there, which I, I think is super respectable. So big shout out to renegade and hall race field for, for joining in, uh, go for dunes, uh, kind of came in towards the end of the year there. Uh, obviously Derek Schuster is a good friend of myself and Newf. He, he likes what they do. He also is kind of the, uh, uh, the advocate that helped get us Bristol coachworks. Um, go for dunes, the largest off-road recre- recreational park with multiple tracks and trails in Canada. Learn to ride with our Honda red rider training program. Pro Shop with great stock on parts, accessories, and service department. And the Pro Shop is getting a complete workover right now. Um, so uh, I don't know when it'll be done, but maybe the next time you go in there, um, you can tell them how much you love Canadian Motocross Unfiltered and also be like, wow, this new shop looks pretty good. Or you might go in there and you're like, holy shit, this place is a mess. Well, it's not it's not done yet. <laughs> Baldy, like, how does Derek Schuster pull this off? The two people doing his renos or Tanner Ward and Dylan Wright are doing the renos? Oh, wow. It's pretty unbelievable that that's how it is but i also like the fact that uh he's given them a job not that dylan needs it but i bet you tanner needs it totally yeah. right um so that's kind of cool and those guys are bros so but i also kind of think that there's probably gonna be a few corners cut <laughs> just a, a couple corners maybe cut time wise and stuff like that where uh it might be like, hey, uh, you know, I don't know, guys. That doesn't really – I don't know if that's going to pass uh, tech inspection here. You um, go and lean on the, count, the new counter they put in and you just blow through it the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. put the first pizza lunch down. Okay, guys, pizza's here. Smash. Everything I hear, though, Dylan's really talented at carpentry. So um, You know what's funny? Um, Colton Fasciotti, the yeah. same. Is yeah, this same something that you ride for digs and you just got to learn how to do other shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but big shout out, Gopher Dunes, Derek Schuster. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, AMO uh, obviously finished the Arena Cross Series. Had a great summer. I uh, just did a bunch of my financials and all that good stuff. I put up my 24 calendar for everything that I got going on. Um, I uh, didn't really do much in the beginning, just put a little bit of money to cover some costs to help us get off the ground. So stoked that I'm able to do that. And then uh, the other man on the phone, is, is his company's joined in, um, was support us from Matrix. And let me ask you this question. On your CR125, do you have lock-on grips or glued-on grips? Uh, lock-ons. Okay, so there you go. So starting yeah. in April, you'll be able to buy rental lock-on grips from Matrix Concepts Canada. Brand new oh, product wow. Oh, yes. Cool. A product most people nowadays, I'm a glue on grip guy, always have been. Um, but man, you go into dealerships now and everybody's carrying lock ons because they're so simple, right? I yeah. mean, most people don't want to deal with glue. They don't want to deal with uh, blowing the end of the grip out by trying to put it on a contact cleaner or something like that. So, uh, yeah, all new Renthal lock on grip coming uh, spring 24. Cool. Uh, will be available from Matrix Concepts. Uh, Matrix Concepts Canada. Check out our website, matrixconcepts.ca. Uh, home of 100% Renthal, Strider, Mobius Braces, Works Connection, and of course, uh, the Matrix lineup uh, as well. So big thanks. Whatever happened to just, you know, good old glue sniff? Hey, nobody wants to sniff glue anymore. <laughs> Uh, well, the problem is now is that the glue <laughs> is so damn good. Uh, I know, Galdi, you just run stock grips. So. Buddy, I haven't changed bars and grips in a long time. No, really? Okay? Uh, really? The glue is really finicky to work with. So you got to be, you got to kind of have to know what you're doing to put a set of grips on. These yeah. Days. I remember forever, like, again, and this is something that if kids are listening or parents listening, like your stock, again, now new from taking maybe someone buying a set of rentals, but, um, when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to get my rental bars and grips on my bike. Like, it's just like, I didn't ride it stock. And then yeah. nowadays I'm just like, ah, whatever. I guess it's just an old guy thing, <laughs> but this lock on grip thing. Hey, sign me up for it. Just like an e like electric start. Just make everything simpler. Okay. Let's uh, hop into the listener questions here. Um, so we'll start out with Twitter and then we got quite a few from Instagram as well, which is awesome. The more questions we can get, the better. Uh, first one is, Zach Burt, B-I-R-T, on Twitter. Uh, I'm honestly not really sure what this question's asking, if it's happening, or maybe what the result would be if it did happen, but Noof versus Galdi, XC Woods race 2024. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Okay. I hate off-road, man. I don't. Yeah. I got no interest in off-road anything. Yeah, throw me into the wars. Okay, then you come to the freaking, uh, again, or, or the corduroy. No, yeah. I don't want to. No, but the 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 big Kahuna would be the best for both of us because it's it's eighty percent grass track, ten percent motocross track, and the rest is woods. Yeah, you got you had me at it woods, man. I, I I'm not an yeah, I'll promote, not hey, doing woods. I'll promote a, a woods race, no problem. <laughs> but I don't want to ride one anymore. My off road experience ended in about ten years ago. Uh, it's just not for me. Rider. I was a factory rider, but that I, yeah, I did not ride like one and. No, it's just not for me. <laughs> okay, uh, Derek Ham, uh, MX101 450 guy for 2024. Any insight? What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, I talked to Kevin Tyler. I, I saw this question, so I made Is sure. Derek Ham, the... Yeah, Derek, you're up for it. I, did you not get the phone call yet? Um, I Derek, Derek's a good lad. He goes pretty good still for a vet guy, obviously. Yeah, um, but no, not as nothing as of now. There'll be nothing happening until the new year. Obviously, we're coming into the holidays now anyway, but. Um, there'll be nothing happening. There is a couple of names 
you know, we've heard the Zach Osborne name, Jimmy Dakota's name, who was linked a long time before. There's even been, this is a while back, but Moffenbeier might not have retired, but I think that's gone away now. So I think we're just going to have to wait. I think he's in a bit of a position of power. He got a little bit more support from the Blue Crew. Um, that team is attractive, and I think we're just going to have to wait um, to see what ends up happening there. And like we've said, Noof, if you're trying to hire somebody to beat Dylan, it's probably going to come at a pretty good cost. Yeah. Well, if you're hiring somebody to beat Dylan, it's none of those guys you just mentioned. Um, in my opinion, I don't think I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Just got to hire somebody good, but I don't know if they're going to find anybody at this point in time that can yeah. beat Dylan. Yeah, maybe it just uh, instead of take take a year away from and find like a great social media guy or a, a semi ambassador type role or. Yeah, I don't I know. Think a kid, I think a kid that could potentially be really good, and maybe not this year, maybe not next, but a, like a couple year plan. I told him to go after Preston Kilroy. He's no, you, you and this Kilroy kid. Yeah, I don't. You're, like you're all over him. Yeah, I'm like, all over him because do, he's, does, fast. he's fast. He's cheap, and he could be like really good up here. I don't know. This why, guy's so. got pictures of Noof doing something bad with an animal or something. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't get it. I don't see the attraction at all. But he, he has had lots of good results in the in the U.S. I like new. He's cheap. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's cheap. You're gonna get him cheap. <laughs> no, he's got nothing, man. He, he literally has no no support right now. He has yeah. nothing. Like he's a top ten outdoor two fifty guy, and that's no joke. Mm. Yeah, and if you look at what Natsuki did when he he was kind of the same thing, obviously would be hopping into the four fifty class, but. Natsuki came up at roughly the same level and has been good and is going to get a 450 ride and probably do pretty well. Yeah, Natsuki, it, so. Natsuki's like eight years older than him, right? So, yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. Okay. When I start my own team. I'm hiring. You're hiring Kilroy. Kilroy. Good. For cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question at, it's just a bunch of letters and numbers, at 23ADG186608. Who is your uh, pick for a rider to have a breakout season in 2024? We'll go Julian Benick. Um, Quinn Amiot. Uh, triathlon Styles on Twitter, who's a guy that interacts with us quite a bit. I guess this is for all three. Rank Canadian tracks from last year in order from worst to best, and what can you do to improve their status? I don't think we need to go worst to best, but... I'll go... I'll, I'll do the worst to best, because there's... How many? Eight tracks, right? So I'm going Edmonton. Calgary, Moncton, uh, Sandalee, Walton, Gopher, Deschambeau. Oh, no, wait. Uh, Kamloops, Deschambeau. That's it. Uh, I would switch the Moncton down and Gopher up, as in, like, a little more worse. Um, not, like, maybe. I think they were, you just had them one position differently. Um, but, uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Noof's, Noof's got it pretty good. I, I, I think based on, and like, once again, uh, overall, that's not like, that's based off of 2023 20, conditions. Right. So, yep. I, I don't, I don't like the current layout at Gopher. I think it's not great national wise. I want more, uh, 180 turns. You've been saying that for years and nothing's changed. <laughs> well, no kidding. <laughs> It's like, a, 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 I should probably just say it's the best thing ever, and he'll do it out of spite. He just does that out of spite. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that time, like, well, why would I groom it? It's a national. Why would we groom it? Like, well, it's actually two different national rounds. So yeah. 
It's supposed to be forever. No, why? Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, it's like the reverse psychology of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, best track ever. Go for News Canada, hands down, like literally since the beginning of time. Yeah, don't change a thing. Okay, uh, Jets Broken Rib on Twitter. Uh, two questions here. Should Amiot be concerned about the reliability of the Cowie? And will Sandali be reversed for 2024? Um, I don't think so. I, I think um, what Amiot or what this uh, Jets Broken Rib's going off of last year. Um, obviously a lot of hiccups under the tent there on the, on the factory side of things. Um, even on the PRMX, right. We saw Rempel have a couple of weird things, but they were like electrical things. They weren't really anything that was like yeah. a, um, you know, something out of sorts. Yeah. But I think this year, um, uh, especially on the factory side, hiring Steve Sims is going to clean up a few of those little sort of hiccups. Uh, I think there should be some big confidence under that tent this year. I, I'm, I'm looking for big things. I think that's a bold move for the Cowie team to have Steve Sims come over there. Literally, if you look at his track record, take any sort of personal thought or anything away from that. If you just look at his results and track record, he's had a great uh, resume uh, being a team owner, team manager, mechanic, pick chief or crew chief, any of that stuff. So I see I see big things coming over there. And um, I talked to Kevin Tyler, 30 percent chance the track is going backwards. Um, but there are some big changes, bigger changes coming to the Sandalee track uh, for 2024, according to the crew out there. Didn't we, I shouldn't say we, but didn't they run it reverse one year or maybe a couple years and it wasn't that great? It was uh, the year they did it. It was Holman's whole shot. Was he number six that year on a Honda? What year was that? No, you know what? It was 2007 they ran it reverse. I remember racing it. And I'll tell you, after Hell's Kitchen, you do that section and were the Nicoletti, Dylan Wright, uh landing on each other off well that. that was a huge jump yeah yeah remember when we ran it in 07 reverse it was a big jump going that way right yeah huge mm. uh, um the problem is with sandalee is i actually really enjoy i mean i rode the track this year i really liked it i thought it was it's always fun to ride for whatever reason that i don't even know you can't even blame it on layout it's just the way that soil is it gets really really one-lined no matter what it's always one line. It's been that way for years, right? So I think they struggle with that, um, the biggest thing. But I, I like the layout of it this year. The layouts have always been cool, but it just yeah. always seems to form one line no matter what they do. I think that I think one of the I've talked to Kevin with this. I think it's there's nothing straight and direct anymore. Right. Like literally, I'll go back to my the these days that I talk about the Gopher Dunes tracks where it was just like these outsides inside lines. Yeah. It was just straight away into a, a new 180 straightaways into 180s and they got the big and then the big and they put it those extra berms and that I, I just think that stuff is missing but at St. Lee if you think about it if you're always turning yeah like there's never a spot you're not turning which just makes you kind of want to stick to the inside section of everything yeah it's a very technical track to ride for sure yeah it's 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 hard well you look it, it looks like you can go way faster than you end up going <laughs> yeah, because you get out there you feel slow right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Okay, next question. Uh, I'll take this one because it's kind of directed at me. <clears throat> Some guy named Steve Mathis on Twitter. Can Ken get a new bike and gear for 24? Well, I I reject the comment about the gear. I think Calismoto gear is pretty pretty sweet. It's uh, by far the best gear I've ever had and most I've enjoyed riding in any kind of gear. So hopefully we can do that again. We'll see. 
Uh, I didn't do a whole. <laughs> you don't have to laugh. Sorry, Goldie. Ken. You're making me laugh here. I'm just kind of wondering what kind of gear you've had prior to this yeah, brand new stuff. That's, that's what I didn't want to get into. <laughs> I've told you guys before. I was always the bargain bin guy. Just go find out like oh, the stuff from God. two years ago that's in a bin. Pick it up. But it is by far the best. I I was literally blown away the first time I wrote it by how much airflow there is, which is probably all newer gear is probably like that. But the older gear that I've had is. Not, not the same. Cotton jersey, it doesn't work anymore for you, Ken? <laughs> it's not, no. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not cotton jersey old, but, um, but yeah, new bike, that is 100% on the schedule. Uh, I said that last year, uh, my work kind of changed a little bit, but that seems to have sorted itself out. So, uh, buying a new bike this year for sure. We might, uh, we might have breaking news for you here soon, Ken. Oh. So I don't know if Galdi remembers, but Galdi was a real advocate of getting Ken a bike, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in, I'm in. Okay. Uh, seven, four, five moto underscore fan on Instagram. Is it true? You guys will be starting a live video podcast for 2024. <laughs> we could all probably jump well, in, but you, you guys go first. I want to see what you guys think. I think, I think we should do, we should start doing like one a month in the new year to test the waters, how this works, Ken. I yeah. don't think it's that difficult. I see a lot of other people doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, get the proper hard, right? No, well, I, I don't think it is. Yeah. I, 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 we, I'll be a little bit of research, but I think that is definitely the next thing that uh, we should be planning on doing is more mm-hmm. FaceTime videos so people can see our faces and, 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 uh, you know, character a little bit more on the thing, but yeah. uh, we throw this to you, Ken, you're sort of our tech guy. Uh, the word that scares me there is live. That's but video is easy. Way. We could just record it. And like, I've done lots of video editing my day job. That's I do. Um, I teach school and I do lessons and it's all video recording and all that kind of stuff. So I know how to do that. The live part. Uh, I'm not very good with that part of it, but when, when Carmichael does that pod that he does, his is like, streamed live isn't it i don't know it's not uh or yeah it is no because yeah they ask but don't they do it on instagram that's instagram live i think that's what i think about it yeah well we'll look into this over the holidays but yeah so that's a plan there 745 or 754 Mm. whatever it was i feel like carmichael probably has a few more resources than we do but it's doable it's just a matter we have ken yeah (laughs) Yeah. where is the where's the confidence ken (laughs) we have you yeah you saw what I did at uh, Gopher Dunes this year, so that's, that's where I'm working <laughs> from. That was the problem. You were starstruck. Yeah, I was. I literally was. Yeah. Uh, long name 33. You guys said you know this young lady. Uh, yeah, uh, three three tree media. Ken, if you okay. look. Oh, you're not you're not a social guy. God damn it. Um, but that anyway, she's uh, she does a lot of video content. She's been great. Uh, her her long name is because her last name it's really yeah, long names yeah. <laughs> yeah but anyway uh she's a great uh great girl within the industry and just kind of get, getting off her feet so what's her question uh so it starts off with be nice and tread lightly so just take it easy here uh how do we grow women's moto in canada uh well galdi had galdi and i talked about this a little bit earlier but i'm gonna let you have this galdi because i don't even know how to answer this you're such a chicken shit <laughs> Safe. My my friend, the Noof, doesn't want to give answers. Anyway, he's, he's treading lightly. There we go. I, I think it's honestly what what girls out there that are advocates of it, whether it be Jessica or Danica, um, obviously Eve Brodeur, 
I think they do a good job, but I also think there has to be a little bit of reality set in. Um, if you just go by the data and the stats, and again, this is this isn't really new. There's not a lot of girls getting into the sport because they all want their own class or their own way or whatever it is. And what that problem does, and I I can speak from my experiences of my own with AMO, adding more classes, lengthening the day, makes it harder to give a good product out there as a promoter. Now, in saying that, every girl can get a bike, get into the sport, there's a class out there against the boys. And there are girls' classes at the majority of the clubs as well. So I think the biggest way is is to keep the keep the um uh the group tight like keep you, you have to communicate with everybody whether there's one person sort of leading the way across the nation or one person in the in the province itself because like in Ontario there's a shit ton of infighting like these girls don't seem to get along with each other and even worse the dads yeah like the really? dads are on the start line like I've had them like yelling at each other I'm like what are you guys doing you know, so I, I, that kind of obviously sends a negative tone. And again, I'll speak on the ammo side. I ain't got any time for that shit. Like if I'm dealing with some crazy dads yelling uh, uh, at the races and stuff like that. And again, I'll be honest, when there's like seven girls on the gate and I've got 700 entries of every other class, I'm just going to be like, wash my hands, get out of here. Like I don't got any time to deal with that crap. So I think there's got to be a little bit of reality set in of what the sport can deliver for young women and girls in general. The Triple Crown does a great job. They get TV time. They get a national uh, uh, series. There's obviously the KTM Husky Gas Gas Group are big advocates helping lady racers. They put a contingency. So there are stuff there. I think it just comes down to um, understanding the, the 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 big picture of it all. That it, if you guys want, if the girls, sorry, not you guys, if you girls want to be more recognized, then there has to be a reality set in understanding that if you want to fit in, you got to fit in with what's there and then try to get the group nice and tight to build a bigger, stronger advocate of making things better or more attractive for that side of the sport. Another easy way is let's, how about you find some sponsors for the girl stuff? Like, I don't know. I, I, maybe somebody's got, um, Lululemons or Lush or, yeah, yeah. or you know, maybe some products out there that girls use. Help us maybe open the doors or whatever it is. Maybe reach out to Kyle Thompson or whatever it is there and say, hey, what are we thoughts on these ideas? I, I think there's a lot of a lack of communication on the women's side because they feel like they're left out in the cold. There's a bit of a chip on the shoulder. I think that needs to go away. Come and ask me as in Ontario or Arena Cross. Go ask Kyle. Hey, how could we do this? If I brought this more, like look at the times they build the tro their own trophies and they do all those things. Like when it was, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank new from the girl from Saskatchewan. Oh my God. Oh, uh, Danae Giroux. Or yeah. Danae Giroux. Right. Oh, and that, oh, yeah. and, and, um, um, uh, Camille, yes. um, they yeah, were, yeah. they went out of their way to, to really speak their minds or not speak their minds, but really bring their voice heard. And people listened. And it, it was working. I don't know if that's gone away. Oh. Um, but anyway, that that would be my best advice. Because yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that would be my best advice. Just don't be afraid to ask questions like this and come to your promoters and speak up a little bit and say, "Hey, if we do this as a group, could you help us this way?" But it can't be one versus the other and and infighting and you know. And like I said, I got some dads in Ontario, and again, it, it, you hate saying these things, but they think that going pro or races women motocross is going to be the end all be all it's not even like that in the guys series yeah. yeah in canada so like we just 
we got to be a little bit realistic. But I'll tell you right now, my phone is always on, and the two guys on the phone can uh, agree with that or like give a nod of that. I'll talk to anybody about anything trying to grow something. So uh, I'm I'm more than willing to listen. But again, if they don't, if you don't like the answer, you can't get all mad and you know pissed at us like that. Uh, yeah. That we're not giving you what you want to get right in the way. You got to sometimes you got to work with each other to make things work. I actually think um, to kind of touch on that a little bit. I I mean, at least here in BC, women's motocross has grown. I mean, the ladies' class and we call it ladies class is one of our biggest classes. I mean, we, it's not uncommon for us to have 22, 23 girls on the gate. The different, the, the, the issue is, is that it is a ladies class. The gap between Kaylee Kerr who, and uh, Annalise Lapachinsky, who are two, they race the women's nationals to the girl that is at the back of the pack. It's so big, right? But there's not enough of the girls to create, a, a ladies junior a ladies intermediate a ladies pro and whatnot right there's just not enough of them but i mean i think it's it's grown in, in the grand scheme of things but from the national side you know the, the triple crown guys do do a good job giving them what they get with the tv time and their own motos and sight laps and blah blah the list goes on but there's only about five to ten of them you would could say that you know are I guess, quote unquote, national pros. I mean, it is kind of the same as the guys, but the gap difference between, you know, I'm just looking here, there was 45 girls that participated in the women's East at least one at least one round. I mean, that's pretty good support, right? I mean, there wasn't a whole lot more in the guys' side of things, right? But um, the gaps are so big from those top few girls to the bottom. How do we keep those girls that are getting lapped four or five times in a race? How do we keep them around? I think is yeah. really the the yep. biggest issue right i mean the top girls are going to stay around um because they're doing well in this and that but for the little girl that's out there on a on a on a on a super mini bike that's getting lapped and almost landed on it's terrifying for them so um maybe they just don't show up at these races right i, I don't know what the fix is but yeah okay uh last question here sean boy 125 instagram uh what are you guys hearing on the possible dechambeau team True or fake news? Uh, so I called the boys at uh, Ecan, at Deschambeau there. Um, they are trying to put something together, but it has nothing to do with anything national. Okay. It's like a local, maybe do some East Coast nationals. But basically what they want to do is try to put together a pro rider. Uh, Jacob is going to be like a, a, um, a pre-mix guy on the team. But they basically want to just go to events and sort of promote what they do at Deschambeau, the 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 schools and the training, the park itself. It, it's basically more of a promotional tool rather than be like, let's go to the Nationals, we're going to win a title and stuff like that. It has nothing to do with that at all, zero aspirations of that. It is very low-key, but more of an, a promotional tool for them to go to events and sort of bring awareness of what they do up at, at uh, MX Deschambeau. Perfect. Okay, so that's kind of everything we had planned. Uh, I think probably send things off here just talking about sponsors but maybe not the companies but the people uh who su who supported us you guys know most of them i've maybe met a couple of them but well i mean obviously you know we do this and uh for people that listen you know we want you to buy uh race tech stuff and yep. or use race yep. tech stuff and, and support charlie johnston and bristol coachworks and bannon and the crew and callus and ktm husqvarna gas gas but i think a lot of times um you know no matter what you sponsor, and Newf can attest to this, I believe in his company, he has brands that are all world known, 
rather than maybe just whether it's in Ontario or in Canada or whatever it is, like Bristol Coachwork for say. But like, it's the relationships I think that we create is the reason why people want to support or do what we do. Um, and then hopefully in return, yes, they see a return in their in their sales and an, and an uptake in the numbers. Um, but it's the relationships and the ones that I've created to, to kick off with the KTM, Husqvarna and Gas Gas Group, uh, JSR and Allison Thompson are huge uh, believers in everything that I've done basically since day one with AMO. Um, and then when I threw Allison this idea, she knew um, you know, that my work ethic and myself joining into something and then knowing that the team we're going to create is going to be something good. And I believe that's the reason why they believed in us and gave us a little bit of money this year. And they're already on board for next year. They, they, uh, they had a meeting with them last week. Um, so I just, I, I Newf can attest this as well. Like back in the day, it was like, Oh, we're going to help sell some things. We're going to yeah. do this and that, but it's a little, it's different now on the promotional side of things. Because people, you know, they might not go to ktm.ca. They probably go to ktm.com, right? Yeah. Or, um, or Hus you know, the, and they look at the way Chase Sexton is going compared to Kevin Benoit, uh, you know, kind of thing. It's just, it's an odd way of us, the way we do it. But I believe the reason why they, be, they want to join us is the relationship that we have. And they show, they see the work, guys. Like, we, this is our 57th show this year. Um you know, that's by far more than anybody else out there doing any sort of podcast or even media stuff. So they knew jumping on board, they believed in us. So I, I really want to give a shout out to JSR and Allison Thompson. Um, obviously, it's not their dollar. It's not their money. It's not personal money. Yeah. It's company dollars. But they're the ones putting it into their bosses and saying, hey, we believe that this is a great avenue to help us promote our brand. And uh, so, yeah, to kick this the sponsor love off going into 20 or the end of 23, going into 24. Uh, super appreciative of of what Allison and JSR uh, did for Canadian Motocross Unfiltered this year. And like I said, they're they're already they're on board for next year. Allison listens to every show, whether I'm swearing or not. <laughs> so that's cool, too. They're not just, oh, here's some money, guys. They they listen, they listen yeah. and they that's they awesome. they they she's giving me notes or like has a laugh or whatever like so that's cool that makes you feel good. No, um, you're right, Nuf, Bobby, you, mean, you did the race tech one, sir. I'll throw to you now, Nuf, because you you kind of I dealt with checkers, but you Charlie Johnson came to you. Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to touch on a little bit what you were saying about selling product and this and that. I mean, I mean, yeah, that is always the end goal to sell product, but relationships and it's it's really about supporting the sport i mean we're doing this because we love motocross we love canadian motocross especially and it's our background it's our passion and these companies are all people that are passionate about it and want to just support the sport they want to hear content they want to hear what's going on they might not have the chance to go to every round and this and that so yeah of course a guy at a pure passion, loves the sport, rider himself, scored pro points this year, right? So yeah. that's, how, that's how our industry works, raised a few nationals, um, you know, trying to make a go of this uh, in the industry, doing race tech suspension. And, you know, he, he loves the banter and, and loves hearing us talk about it and reached out and wanted to be part of it. I mean, I would like to think that he's got a whole rack of suspension there that was recommended by CMXU. But at the end of the day, you know, he just loves the, the support. Uh, Canadian motocross and 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 hear about what's going on and and all the news and, and gossip. So, big thanks to Charlie. Big time. Um, and Race Tech uh, jumping through there though with uh, Checkers Chris Riesenberg. He, I don't know if you, he I listens. mean that you. He listens. Yeah, he listens. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna say, like, he is. I, I, he might even be a bigger fan than me and you, Noof. 
Yeah, he is. That's actually. incredible. Like, just following him on Twitter, like that's dude. That's yeah, all his he Twitter. About. He does a great job on Twitter yeah, on his personal yeah, one. It's awesome. super, he comes up with great, funny little things. Yeah. Him and, and uh, Denny Stevenson are obviously good buddies. So, yeah. um, and he, and he's the the one of the marketing guys down there at Race Tech, and they're they're growing. They're doing a great job. They help out a ton of pro teams. Um, uh, even doing some in-house engine stuff now down in the States. I don't know if that's going to transfer into Canada, but there might be something coming up our way as well here soon. So um, big shout out to those guys. And uh, they're on board for next year. I already had some good conversations through email with uh, with Chris. And it and, uh, looks like they're going to be on board, maybe more of a title role. So they really like what we're doing. So we got to keep delivering, uh, boys, by the way. Just can't just end here. Yeah. On yeah. that, um, and then over to Bristol, almost the same way for like Charlie Johnston, just a good buddy that loves the motor industry. Matt Bannon, a uh, huge supporter of Gopher Dunes, lives down in that area, has a business uh, that is kind of uh, has infrastructure that can help people within our industry. Like we've shared about building the old Huber Monster Energy Kawasaki Sprinter van, the current McNabb Sprinter. Um, he's one of those guys that can kind of custom fit anything. Uh, with boats, RVs, doesn't matter. He can get that paint booth we refer to. So. There's stuff there, like, if you if you like what we do and you want to keep these things going, those are kind of guys you can go to. And you can go, obviously, he's based in Ontario, um, but there might be a phone call there that, hey, oh, I know a guy in BC that does this over here. Here, let me link you up to him. Like, there's, they have relationships across the country just like we do. Um, so it's uh, it's all about sort of just knocking down that door and, and opening that little uh, possibility up there. So uh, big shout out to, to Bannon and the crew over there. And um, I'll, I'll be touching base with him soon to discuss uh, for next year and hopefully they see fit again, but super appreciative of what he did this year. Just kind of on the whim, just another guy that passionate new, right? Just passionate about the sport. And the last guy we talk about is he's the, you know, kind of was your neighbor and your rival growing up. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't, uh, I can use Mitch cook as one point in time in my life, my best friend and my worst enemy. (laughs) We, we had uh, growing up, we used to, I used to stay at his house, eat at the Brookfield Bakery, ride his track, train together, everything. We went from there to being teammates on two-wheel, uh, two-wheel Cowie to uh, OTSFF to absolutely hating each other and wishing probably bad things on one another at one point in time to now working together in business on, th- on this side of things. He reached out to me and obviously our relationship's totally cordial now and I respect everything Mitch did um, did and still does in the in the industry with uh, with Callus. Um, I mean, they're a small company that loves Moto, and that's really what they're doing it for. I mean, I don't know at the end of the day if you know he's got to compete against the Foxes and the, the big name guys, but it's very personable when you deal with him on the Callus side, right? Custom gear and different colorways and stuff like that, names and numbers on jerseys. So. Uh, yeah, really big thanks to him for reaching out to us. And uh, it's funny how everything kind of comes full circle, eh, Goldie? Like, you know, we, we've we raced together for years and, and with Mitch and stuff like that, and, and now we're doing business with him, right? So it's kind of, it's important to keep, I guess the whole point of it, keep those relationships strong. Yeah, 100%. I even heard that on the off the gate, right? Those guys are talking about stuff like that. We're, we're a small industry. Um, you know, a lot of stuff can get said here and there and shit talked and, whatnot but um i think proof in the pudding on our side of things we we do a good job we go to bat to get the answers um you know we and it's probably no lie new we and ken you can attest it to we kind of follow what mathis has done a little bit you know like yeah if you want the answer yeah. go straight to the source you know like no bullshit kind of thing right and i think that's why these guys believe in it we know we're not just making stuff up we're not just trying to get clicks and all that kind of stuff and i think if we were 
we'd probably be a lot better on social media and, and Instagram, which I think is probably our weakest part of our stuff. And I, I mean, I'll bang, sure. bag myself. I'm kind of the one that does it. It just kind yeah. of, you know, it's hard, it's hard to keep up with all that stuff, man. But, Mitch, um, uh, Mitch either wanted to support the show or I, I had heard that he needed a, a rider in Saskatchewan. So I think he just used us to get to Kent. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. There it is. I see. Well, I did a I piss see. poor job of that. I yeah, took it, I took yeah. it to Millville and, showed it off there though so i guess maybe i made up for it there yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh big thank you to those those goofs ktm husqvarna gas gas race tech suspension charlie johnston racing suspension uh bristol coachworks and callusmoto.com and and uh those four uh gang members right there the cmx gang cmxu gang members are uh they're lifers as far as as we go they kind of helped us kick us off and put a little bit of monetary in our uh, pockets although it really didn't go to any of us and they sort of uh, payment sort of way it just kind of went into the yeah. program whether it's helping ken do this or helping ken do that basically helping <laughs> ken leave the province that's basically what all you sponsors did was yeah. help ken realize that there that's are good. there is life yeah. outside of saskatchewan yeah. <laughs> are we are we getting christmas bonuses this year or no uh i, I don't think there's enough in the in the toll for that buddy i wish your insurance year. claim yeah it's a pay for insurance <laughs> claim and stuff like that uh well, yeah. I think that's it, boys. It's been yeah. a hell of a twenty-three. Like I said, Ken, I think this is—I think this is show fifty-seven. That's amazing. That's awesome. I think this is show fifty-seven, fifty-six or fifty-seven this year, um, and uh, we're aiming for sixty next year, boys. That's what I'm selling. That's what we're doing. Obviously, that is within our uh, rider rider uh, wrap ups and manager check ins mm-hmm. and anything else I can come up with in the new year. And hey, throw me some ideas too. I mean, you guys obviously, but if you guys out there that are listening, throw us some ideas. Um, Obviously, you guys can tell I'm usually the one doing the interviews outside of it. If there's things we could come up with that are funnier or you want me and Noof to do or something like that. I mean, obviously, we discuss between each other, right, boys? But yep. maybe someone other's got an idea that they think might not work for them, but it could work for us. Just like Ken. Ken reached out to Noof, and here we are two here years we later. Well, boys, uh, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy holidays. I am right now fully checked out from work now until middle of next week. Um. I will probably find myself in some sort of pit bike, bike of nations, pit bike of nations slash pulp MX uh, boozathon scenario. Good, awesome. <laughs> the boozathon of twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. So may I hit me up if you think you might get a funny phone call out of me, or get yelled at, Noof. I don't know. It depends. I got uh, Ken. What do you got? Any big plans coming up in the new year? Nope, nothing big. Just. Uh, <laughs> Nope, nothing. this is this is getting to be a running <laughs> joke, I guess. But uh, kids hockey, going? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. it it's going all right. It's it's um it's more than I'm physically capable of doing. But that's the goal is to get to the point where I am physically capable of doing it. It's just uh, stick to it, Ken. Yeah, stick to it. Yeah. Okay, we have your back. I got. Uh, I'll tell you what I got coming up. I rode for the first time in two and a half months last weekend. It was completely pathetic. I think something's wrong with me. My, <laughs> my limbs aren't moving properly. Um, like from arena cross, I don't know if I'm still recovering from the long days of standing. Yeah. But I do have Rimby arena cross coming up the first two weekends of or middle two weekends of February. So okay. you're racing defending, that again, defending champion. Man, you can't. You got to defend at least yep. one time. These people are are. Uh... Unbelievable fans. Unbelievable. <laughs> Just, I'm, gearing, I'm gearing up for Rimby. 
tearing up the, the Rimby rocket. Yeah, here we go. May, may not be number one plates going on, boys. Oh <laughs> my God! No way! Wow! Well, hey, hey, I'm not a pussy like Parker Eels. I'll run the number one plate when the number one plate is earned. He didn't nope. run it. So. This is true. You got to run it. You got to do it. Yeah. The Rimby rocket. The Rimby. <laughs> redemption no i don't need the redemption because I, I already did it the know? rimby rim job i'm gonna come up with a bunch of funny ones of those now <laughs> <laughs> all right boys merry Fair christmas enough. happy holidays yep, and too, uh we'll chat everybody in the new year later thanks guys yep see ya